Hello. I'm Julian. And I'm Coach Tom again. We are Team Binge again. We are here to talk about Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 3. This episode is called 451. Tom, I have no idea what 451 stands for. Will you please explain to me, in clear soccer football terms, what 451 means? So 451 is the change of their soccer football tactics. Since they were going to be a 442, now that they've got Zava, it is a 451 with Zava being the lone forward. Okay, and that one stands for the goalie. Not the goalie, the forward. It goes defense, midfield, forward. So there are 10 people on a football team on the field. Plus the goalie. Plus the goalie. The goalie's an add-on. Correct. But the goalie's not part of the numbers. No. He or she does not get a number. Interesting. Well, that's a tough look for Zorro. They can't pronounce his name, and he doesn't get a number in the sequence. No. This episode is mainly our introduction to Zava, and from the top, Tom, I found this delightful. I enjoyed meeting this gentleman and all of his uniqueness, uh, (laughs) and I thought there were plenty of times where I was laughing out loud, and he's played as such a unique character. I don't know the actor that plays him. I don't think, I did not recognize him, nor did I look him up to know if I knew him from anything else. You could tell me he's from a dozen BBC shows or (laughs) that he's on, I don't know, The Last Kingdom uh, as Uhtred, son of Uhtred, son of Uhtred of Bevan, blah, blah, blah. But um, I did not know this actor, but I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed meeting him. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen this actor anywhere else either. It's Maximilian Osinski, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, but he's great. I like the introduction of him. I like how we're not just getting a rehash of Jamie Tart. He's a very unique individual that seemingly just doesn't or never had to care about the norms of society. He kind of just does his own thing. And I'll be honest, I feel like my first watch, I felt this episode was a little bit all over the place and kind of took a while to get going. But I think after a second watch, I I did enjoy it. And I like what they were doing with a lot of the the beats. I have enjoyed it. Uh, Once again, I've enjoyed uh, every episode up until this point. They keep it light. There's a lot of banter. I mean, the jokes, the puns, they're all there. Everything everything I need is there. They could have taken Zava in a direction, like you said, like a Jamie direction from season one, where he's a superstar, but he's a jerk and no one likes working with him but they made him this kind of weird guy that like there's some not edges to him, but there's just some inconvenience to him, but all around like people like him and he's charming and he's like a good teammate essentially. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's fun that they decided to do that as opposed to, yeah, just making him a like locker room liability, although great on the field. So Mm -hmm. Speaking of being great on the field, we start this episode with our boy Colin, who we haven't seen much of in this season, so it's nice that he gets a little bit of a storyline here. Trigger warning for the kids that are listening, you do see a little bit of a butt in this (laughs) um, scene, which no complaints. Uh, But he is leaving, I guess, his boyfriend's house, is that? how you understood this yeah so this is where we find out like colin's gay and like what they do throughout the whole episode here is kind of show him kind of being closeted here and not you know coming out to his friends and and his teammates uh so it's it's an interesting storyline to kind of bring in and 
I don't know. It's like a lot of parts of this are just kind of sad that this guy can't live his life and kind of has to hide uh, parts of it. Um, but I, I do like the start of this where we get that fastball song out of my head. Cause I feel like not only is it just a perfect song to start a Ted Lasso uh, episode, but it, it kind of fits in with the episode itself about everybody kind of being in everybody's head with the relationships and everybody's kind of thinking about what they could have done, should have done and, and all the different things. So I, I like that little juxtaposition. I'm not juxtaposition. You know how much I love that word, but I like that little uh, kind of nod in the beginning. Sure. Sure. I would disagree about the closeted part. He's very clear with people. He often tells them that he's a strong, capable man. And so <laughs> I feel like he's being very clear with people by telling them I'm a strong and capable man. It's funny that he's like kind of slowly leaving this house, puts on sunglasses, and almost seems like he's kind of hiding. But then he goes to his bright orange Ferrari or whatever yes. it is. Yes. And then it even like cuts into the intro music. You think it's just going to start, and he just like crashes into a bunch of trash bins. There's like bollocks. That right. was awesome too. And this is a callback to him referring to his car and saying that it's too much car for him. And so <laughs> yeah. once again, we find out that Colin cannot drive this hot rod. <laughs> We cut from there, and it's Zava Day. They are introducing uh, the idea of bringing Zava in, and I believe this is the coaches talking, and they're bringing up, like, hey, like who's going to take the news best? Because with Zava getting on the field, someone's going to be benched. Mm -hmm. And they all agree that Colin is the person that will take it the best, which seems like a weird reason for a coach to bench someone they're like we don't want to upset the other people and Colin won't fight back so we're just going to bench him <laughs> not like hey he's the worst player on the field so let's bench him I didn't understand this yeah Roy makes mention that he's like a chameleon in terms of he can probably play more positions as opposed to just being a left uh, midfielder or something like that so he can maybe adapt a little bit better than some of the other players not necessarily yeah. that he is the worst or that he would you know, psychologically take it the best. Sure. Well, that's how I took it. He <laughs> describes Colin as a chameleon, but I believe Jamie is described as Ted's mom's precious moments figurines, <laughs> uh, which these precious moments figurines a couple of times uh, catch some strays in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I think Roy, Roy refers to it as a fragile little bee. Fragile little bee. Tom, are you familiar <laughs> with the Precious Moments figurines? I don't know if I had any. I'm, uh, is, this, is this something that your mom collected? They're just like these little kid like uh, statues. They typically are like they have a religious uh, theme to them. And so it's like rather than having adult statues in certain roles like I don't know, angels or like biblical figures, it's these kids. It's almost like a kid doing a dress up play. Um, okay. but they're these very like cute and, and yes, if you bump them and they break, your mom screams at you. So, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, little baby Jesus in the manger from all those years ago. Uh, you could have grown up to be something, but instead I knocked you off the counter. doesn't matter. Brevity is nice, but sometimes clarity is the soul of wit, which is a great, um, quote from Ted where he changes that line a bit. I appreciated because mm -hmm. uh, I think he said something and they're all so confused. Oh, because they don't know what precious moments figurines are. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. Uh -huh. uh, Roy, I found this funny. Roy, who's typically very like sparing with his praise, 
really mm-hmm. see something in Zava. I, I, I thought this was interesting where you'd think he would be kind of opposed to Zava joining the team, but he sees Zava's greatness. I don't know. Yeah, he's not as like awestruck as all the other players are, but he definitely understands that Zava's a guy that can help them win. Right. I love that these conversations happening in the coaches, you know, offices, this now allows Trent Krim to be involved. Um, mm-hmm. And so I appreciate not only this scene, but some latter scenes where Krim uh, is there. T. Krim, as I like to call him, <laughs> is there and he gets involved. Uh, in the in the banter, so I, I love how they've written him into this season because he's a great guy to step into a scene, say something fun or clever, whip his hair around, maybe jot something down on a notebook, and then leave the scene, and you just <laughs> feel so satisfied. Yeah, um, he's kind of like he's not officially a diamond dog, but he's kind of taking that role of Nate, where he's not necessarily leading a scene, but he's adding that extra extra fun. Listen, I'd take Trent Krim over Nate any day. <laughs> Any day. You know who else I take over, Nate? Julie Andrews. We get some Julie Andrews (laughs) timeless appeal comments in this. Uh, Tom, do you have a favorite Julie Andrews role? I don't know if I, I mean, I I know of the the woman and she's very talented, but I don't think I've seen a lot of Julie Andrews flicks. So I guess I would just say Sound of Music. Good. That's good. That's the right answer. Way to make me pause the podcast for 10 minutes so you can go look up who she is, look at her IMDb, and then choose the most popular choice. Good job, Tom. What, do you have a deep cut like Trent Krim? No, I honestly, I would have said the same thing, but... (laughs) That's not how we win the podcast awards, Tom. We gotta dig, dig deep here. We're in the locker room... Zava gets four lockers. I didn't I didn't catch this on the first watch. I just saw maybe the Z and maybe the A. I didn't realize they gave him four lockers. Well, everybody has their last name above their own locker with their number under, under it. But instead, he gets four lockers with a letter of each of his last name, Z-A-V-A, on the lockers. Fantastic. It was great. It was great. He also gets some other uh, cushiony gifts, I would say. <laughs> He's got a lounge chair, dedicated TV, which he later makes it kind of his little zen corner, which is a a fun little add-on for the character. Yep. Jamie shows up. He's given some looks. Phil Dunster does a great job just in terms of, like, the background acting in some of these scenes where everyone Mm -hmm. else is, like, losing their mind about Zava and Jamie has to be unimpressed. It's really good. There's such a great, like camera work here when jamie kind of slowly takes off his glasses and he's wearing those like super reflective like orange aviators or whatever and when the camera's panning over right before he takes it off you can see the reflection in his glasses it's za in one eye and va in the other (laughs) just absolutely brilliant just says it in his glasses great yep we cut from there there are a lot of people in the stadium to meet this gentleman is this a thing in soccer or would the fans be there on i don't know a weekday for a guy that just signed i, I don't i, I don't mean, feel I think like soccer is... fans are that excited about the sport is that <laughs> am i touching something well you're wrong there there are like signing events if you're getting like a big player like a messi or ronaldo or some of these guys that are and in this case like zava being some world-renowned international player they would probably do an event like this but it's certainly not the norm you're wrong there i'm gonna cut that audio out and make it my text uh my text alert whenever you text me it's gonna be great (laughs) thank you tom for that audio clip 
since Zava hasn't shown up, Rebecca really starts to like go over the, do we have a signed contract from this guy? And Higgins, um, being the great Higgins that he is, is like, we've got an e-signature. Does that count? Is that legally binding? I'm going to go do some research. I love when Higgins gets flustered. Um, I assume he's competent at this point, but then they do these types of things, and you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's great. Higgins is maybe not as competent as we want him to be. Um, speaking of competent, I don't need Shandy. I don't care mm-hmm. for Shandy. I don't know where the storyline's going to go. I feel like it's mainly to give kind of Keely, like we're going to see how she deals with Shandy, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't need Shandy. Do you need Shandy? I'm, I'm kind of with you. She's, I mean, she's fine, but I don't really think any of the stuff that she kind of brings is necessarily that funny, but I agree. I think she's more like a hurdle for Keely and, and her taking over this PR company or, or creating her own company. Um, to see if she can differentiate the friendship from the business. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm I'm with you. It's not my favorite plot line. There's only one Shandy I need, and that's Summer Shandy from Lionel Coogan's, the Wisconsin <laughs> beer. Um, put in an ad break right here, Tom, for Will Summer do. Shandy, please. Um, maybe they'll send me a bottle cap. Z- <laughs> we find out that Zava signed his contract, but he signed it with your welcome. That's Which so is the equivalent of Michael Scott signing it like <laughs> Donald Duck or whatever when he has to do the uh, harassment training. Oh, it's so good. So, oh, so good. Uh, we go from there to Rebecca's office where who do we find behind the desk of the woman <laughs> herself? But it's the man himself, Zava. <laughs> and his first line is incredible. Tom, would you like to... Tom, can you do a Zava accent? Have you been working on it? Uh, I haven't I haven't been working on it, but I'll go and give it a shot. Oh no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing's better than an unrehearsed accent. This could only if you ask me to do Kermit again, I will quit. Your desk is covered in biscuit crumbs. Oh, that's pretty good, man. Okay. That's, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was gonna be much worse than that. <laughs> that was pretty great, Tom. No. You know what? I'll keep going. That's gonna be my that's gonna be my text alert when you call me now. Oh yeah, keep going. Just read the outline in his uh in his accent for now on, please. Time is a construct like gender in many of the alphabets. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Lasso, you are my leader. I am an empty vessel filled with gold. I'm your rock. Mold me. <laughs> he's so oh, great. Man. So many of these things he said. He's just so charming. Tom excellent work by the way just we're i think we're back in the podcast awards based on i was a little bit iffy in the beginning when we had to re-record because i didn't hit the record button but now that i know you can do accent work this opens up a whole a whole new uh realm for us and based on your accent work we can now cover i don't know if russia's ever in the news we could probably do some stories about them all these lines that you just did are incredible. Empty vessel filled with gold. I'm a rock mold, mate. Like, they're so the opposite of what they mean, but he says them in such a way that you it's can't tart, help right? but love him. It's Jamie what? in the first season. Oh, it's yeah. Like Jamie, in the, where he's saying all these metaphors and he's getting them wrong and mixing them up. It, but it's like a, just a different tweaked version that is unique enough where it's fantastic. Love yep. it. Yep. Delivered from Zava. It sounds like wisdom. Delivered from Jamie. You're just like, what a dumb dumb. Um, <laughs> although Jamie pulls some stuff out in this episode that is 100% mm-hmm. um, on, what do the, they say? On fleek, I believe is Nailed what it. the kids are saying. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of loving Zava, Ted loves him. Ted, Ted's just blown <laughs> away by what's coming out of Zava's mouth, which I thought was great. Um, this leads to Zava's entrance into the locker room. Phil Dunster, once again, just the uh, incredulous looks on his face as everyone else <laughs> is blown away. And the I don't even know if it's physical comedy, but like the bit where Zava keeps blocking Ted <laughs> is just gold. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. They both play it so well. It's so great. It was great. Tom, take it away. We got another quote. I will begin by addressing the most important person in the room. Where's points, the kit man? <laughs> kit man. Where's the kit man? He points, he points to, to Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Which is just such a great bird. Jamie, who was like a superstar in the league at one point, is now. And he talks about... Zava's like, I once worked as a kit man when I was 11. And Will's response of, I'm 25. <laughs> That's just so perfect. Oh, the actor that plays Will Kitman is incredible. Incredible. My we brothers. We get oh, I'm sorry. Me. Go ahead. I interrupted. I stepped on Zava. I should never step on Zava, the most important You person. never step on Zava? Go My ahead, brothers, Tom. breathe with me. And they're all like coughing through it. Uh, he Roy goes forever. He goes Roy, forever. Did you notice Roy has one eye open? Like he's in on it, but he's also like, is everyone else doing it? Like, is this idiot still breathing in? Like, Jamie's baffled, which is just great. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, and then what his final line is like, he does something about like the we and the us, but then he finishes it like, there is only we in us. We and us, which sounded, I was like, that sounds dirty, I guess, a little bit. But when you run those words together, and then he goes into the coach's office. Not invited, doesn't matter, goes into the coach's <laughs> office. He's looking at the whiteboard. Once again, this allows the coaches to go in there and talk with him, but who's also in the background? The big T. Krim. Mm -hmm. Um he says he's very excited to be here. I'll see you tomorrow. And this is no. <laughs> after he rearranges the board. Yeah, where he puts everybody in just one lump and then him up top. And then the trench line as he's leaving. He's quite tall. <laughs> he's quite tall. So good. So good. What is it called, Tom, where it's one person and then a glob of them in the middle and then another person who I'm assuming is the goalie? Um, it's a 9-1 offense. A 9-1 offense. I'm sure that's a thing somewhere. Cause this and this gives you the glimpse of oh no, he's gonna like he's gonna be the Jamie, but I still don't feel like they take it that that way. Like I guess there's some flashes of it, but mm -hmm. um he's still uh he's still a he's still a good teammate, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know if I go as far as calling him a good teammate, but he's okay. not like malicious, I guess. Sure, 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 sure. Speaking of malicious, I think the only issue I had with this episode is the is the scene that we're stepping into, mm -hmm. which is Rebecca is seeing her mother's psychic, mm -hmm. and I did not understand this because this show is based in the real world, right? <laughs> I think so. Okay, I thought so. Okay, so we get this woman who obviously knows Rebecca's mom. She's a psychic, although she doesn't call herself that. Rebecca calls herself that. Mm -hmm. I'm very surprised Rebecca has even, knowing Rebecca, why has she stepped into this room? It seems I guess like she did for a favor for her mom, right? Because at the end, she's like, just tell my mom I was here for the whole thing. 
Yeah, but like if my mom was like, hey, I know you've been having back problems. There's this dude in the alley behind the middle school <laughs> who can fix you. Go see him. I'd be like, no, I'm I'm cool. Um, so I don't know, but I appreciate the do the thing where this lady knows a lot about Rebecca and she's like, Oh, how do you know all that? And she's like, well, I've been talking to your mom every <laughs> month for three years or whatever. Yeah. We, this explanation of, uh, the Japanese, um, mending things with gold. I didn't write the name down because I knew I wasn't going to be able to pronounce it. So, uh, <laughs> it's a. Uh- Kintsugi is the kind of concept of like taking broken pottery and then mending it with gold. It's a really cool concept and I think fits well with this show an idea that you can make something beautiful out of something that's been kind of broken. You know what's more beautiful? A bowl that's just made out of gold. <laughs> that's what's that called? I'd like to be I'd be a, like to be a part of the therapy where all of the bowls are just made of gold. Um <laughs> You could make a organized religion joke there, but I won't. Um, it smells very odd in here all of a sudden. Thank you. And this is once they're all touching the bowl. What's happening here, Tom? What What was going on in this scene? I've watched it twice. I have no idea what this was supposed to mean. Like, did the psychic break wind? Um, and she was thanking her for smelling it? Like, it was weird. I don't. I don't understand it. We... The woman starts having like visions and she's talking and she talks about a green matchbook. And then, sorry, children, she keeps saying shite and nining armor. And (laughs) I was like, uh, I mean, clearly that's like a funny joke, kind of like a mix of words. But Mm -hmm. the woman doesn't see any like any humor in this. So I, I didn't I didn't understand. There's thunder. There's lightning. You're drenched and spinning, but safe. Yeah, it's like, uh, and, I don't know. Wait, to, your, <laughs> to your point, this show is supposed to... <laughs> Real world. <laughs> Sorry. I, that's my that's my confusion leaving my body. I'm, with Zava, I'm, I'm releasing all the confusion in my body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's supposed to take place in the real world. We have, you know, real world mental health issues that like Ted is going to therapy for. It's putting therapy in a good light because nobody should be afraid of it. It's there to help you. And I don't, I don't know if they're trying to say that psychics could be a form of therapy, but I also feel like all this stuff is just tropish. Like if you're going to introduce this in a show and you're going to say all these crude things by the end of the season, all of these are going to come true in some form or fashion, right? She's going to some kind of shite and nining armor. I was like, okay, well, Jamie is number nine. Is she going to do something with Jamie? The whole thunder lightning drenched and spinning. Okay. She's going to get rained on or that she's going to be in a storm and have the sensation. Cause the second we get the green matchbook at the end of the episode, you're like, okay, everything is like a clue. It's almost like a game of Thrones thing where there has to be some sort of prophecy to be fulfilled. And this show doesn't need it. No, 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 no. Rebecca goes to leave, I would say, too late. Uh, she never should have arrived, <laughs> I guess. And this woman's like, you'll have a family. You're going to be a mother. Uh, I will say this. Hannah Waddingham, like, acts the crap out of this scene. Like, mm. she does a wonderful job. She goes from, like, kind of mocking humor or, like, just going with it to, like, anger and, quite frankly, like, sadness. Mm-hmm. Um out of you know into this because i mean this woman is saying some things that are heart-wrenching 
Well, and her response is like, you know, I thought you were just a quack or whatever, but like what you're saying is dangerous and cruel, which is very fair. Because I, I think we've we've found this out in other episodes, I think maybe in the first season, where wasn't that one of the reasons why Rupert and Rebecca like didn't last? Like one of them wanted kids or, or Rebecca could not have kids. So when yeah. she says this, this is why she reacts with such anger. Like, how dare you tell me this when I know I can't have children? I don't believe it was could not. I believe it was he did not. She okay. wanted kids and and he did not. So and that's why it's so particularly cruel with Bex mm-hmm. is because they now right, have Lady right. Die and um, <laughs> I'm wondering what they'll do again because my assumption <laughs> is all these prophecies are going to come true in some form or fashion. Like maybe she's going to adopt a kid or something like that. I I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, again, I do I don't need prophecy in a, a soccer comedy show. No. No, that's for our other podcast where we only talk about prophecies <laughs> and the Dungeons and Dragon movie, which I have not seen, but I have some prophecies about. So join us on that feed. Called Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had a title because I had nothing and yours yours was great. Outstanding, my friend. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we go to a PR meeting. We've got Keely talking with Danny, Colin, Sam, and Isaac. Tom, I don't know if you... I I recently got a tattoo, uh, and it says, I don't care about Shandy. I don't care about Shandy. I don't care that she's supposed to be weird and quirky and that she ate her hair to become famous. I don't care. Um, I'm probably going to get a second tattoo that says, I don't care about Shandy on my other arm. This is the first bit of of Shady going like completely opposite of Keely, where Keely's telling like, "Yeah, just keep it light, have fun with it," and Shady's saying, "No, you gotta like trend, you've gotta say something edgy and all that kind of stuff." So again, it's Shady's like the foil to Keely, like she might be her friend. And I think this is the first instance where we get it, where everybody kind of starts shaking their head when they find out that she's a friend of Keely's. So is that like? Because she's, I don't know, the way she's reacting, or like she doesn't seem like a coworker to Keely. She seems more like a friend that she brought on. I, I don't know if I understood why everybody made that gesture when they found out she I was think her friend. There's a couple of gestures that that is made because it's like, oh, the only reason you got hired is because you're yeah, Keely's okay, friend. Okay. Is is how I took it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna move on because I'll flash my tattoo at you. Um, <laughs> we're in the coach's office. What's today's wordle? What's today's wordle? <laughs> Coach Beard, ethic. And then Dead types it in. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you jerk. It's <laughs> so good. So it made me good. think of us because we went through a, a, a spat for a couple months or whatever where every day one of us would do the first word and they both put it in and see who can get it first. And that was always fun. It was fun. It was fun. But we no longer do that because we're grownups now, Tom, and we live in a serious <laughs> world and we don't have... In this world, we don't have time for Wordle, which <laughs> if you mix those words up, I think you use the same letters. I don't know. I'm not a wordsmith. L word. <laughs> That's right. 
Jane, this is where Jamie walks in, right? And he's like, listen, I just got to get this off my chest. Uh, Zava is a self-absorbed glory hound. We've got a good thing coming or going. Like, we don't need him. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like, Jamie, hey, the bus has sailed. I'm sure millions of dollars have been transacted at this point. So you Wait, maybe should have said this earlier, but... Excuse me, I, I, have, I have a question. The, the bus has sailed? What did I say? You said the bus has sailed? Yeah, the bus has sailed. Yeah, that's the <laughs> uh, that's the phrase. You sail on a bus. That's Greyhounds. Greyhound sail buses. Have you never ridden on a Greyhound sail bus? I haven't had the pleasure. Oh, well, it's because you got probably money for vehicles and stuff. Those of us that have got to ride on the big sail buses, so... Um, I can't believe you tried to tried to correct me on my bus knowledge, my sail bus knowledge. <laughs> never, never. Anyways, speaking of someone trying to correct someone and being wrong, Beard <laughs> is like he gives them the old like the really, really. It's mm-hmm. a little bit ironic coming from you that you think Zava's a glory hound, and <laughs> Jamie as he's exiting is like, by the way, I wasn't being ironic; I was being hypocritical. <laughs> and Beard, the way Brendan Hunt acts this out, like the realization on his face, like the sinking, and then Ted being like, is he right? And Beard being like, yes. Like admitting he's wrong is so is so painful that Jamie's right. This whole scene, I loved it. I loved it. And then even Ted it. saying, oh, well, isn't that ironic that he's yeah. right and you're wrong? <laughs> yeah. But Dunster is absolutely fantastic, and I love what they're they're doing with him. But it just begs the question, right? Because Dunster is seemingly dumber in a stack of bricks in the first season. And I don't know, maybe with his free time, he's been reading a little bit more. But this is very astute, great points. I love what he's doing. Well, my spouse brought up that he had a like word of the day calendar in an earlier season. And so she's Ooh. chalking it up to his vocabulary is growing because he has continued to improve himself. And I was I love like, that. all right, I'd buy it. I don't remember I like it, it, but I'd buy it. Um, <laughs> but she's got her own Ted Lasso podcast that I don't listen to, so she does some <laughs> deep dives. We're in the locker room, and Tom, the whole reason I brought you on as a guest on this podcast is to explain things like what just happened. I'm sorry, what? A guest? Yes, yes. <laughs> a guest. Oh, it, have I not been, been introducing you? Yeah, have I not been introducing you as a guest to this podcast? You haven't. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I I assumed you knew based on the the salary cuts, like where we were at in terms of okay. financials. But mm-hmm. I guess ooh, this was probably the wrong time to uh, make it official. But Tom, you were brought on as the football uh, expert guest mm-hmm. for, uh, for this for this show. And the other person I used to do this with is on maternity leave, have been for three years. So um, that's why you've been a guest. Explain to me Wolverhampton, or however you say this. What 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 was this back and forth about, Tom? I felt like they were making some sort of commentary here, and as a non-footballer, I did not understand. Well, I like Ted's introduction of like the idea of what like a um, Hugh Jackman movie with place to stay in New York or wherever it is, like the Hamptons and Wolverine, which I thought was kind of funny. But yeah, they're just called the Wolver- Wolverhampton Wanderers, but their like kind of logo is a wolf. So Ted just trying to like interlace all the different concepts and ideas in together and then the back and forth with Beard and Roy. Uh, I loved it. It was a fantastic exchange. 
Yeah, what I didn't understand is they were like, no, you have to call them the Wanderers. Like, they don't, you don't call them wolves. You call them, but now that I'm looking at the name, I guess that makes more sense because it's not wolves <laughs> yeah. of Hampton that wander. It's Wolverhampton. Okay, so Wolverhampton's a place. Never mind, Tom. I don't need you. Your time as a guest here. Thank you. You've been great. I'll take this one out from here. Um, actually, right. stay and just laugh, if you would, please. That would be uh, nice if you would do that. Insert laughter here. Are you going to touch on this? What's this board? What's this board thing? No, oh, I was just going to stay quiet for a while. Oh, I read that as beard. <laughs> okay, well now I've got to cut no. all that out, <laughs> jerk. Uh, there's the thing on the board when uh, Beard is explaining like the tactics and how like give it to Zava. Zava's taking the penalties. He's taking the free kicks. He's doing everything. If you look at the very bottom of the board, it says make this match your masterpiece, which is great. Who do you think wrote that pun on there? Oh, that's that's got to be Ted, right? Yeah, that's, that's his be contribution. Ted. Loves the puns. This is when Colin finds out he's benched. Did he not get a heads up? As a coach, you don't sit a player down and let him know. Is this how soccer works? You're just like, your name's not on the whiteboard, and you're like, well, guess I'm not starting this one. Was this weird to you? Uh, I mean, in a normal Premier League season, like a lot of your stars don't necessarily play every game because not only are you playing in the Premier League, you might be playing in different tournaments like we've talked about in previous seasons. Like there's an FA Cup, there's a Champions League. So it's not unheard of for anybody at any time to be benched or even not make the substitute roster because there are guys that you can only have so many guys on your substitute roster as well. But it is kind of maybe odd that they didn't tell Colin or give him some sort of heads up beforehand because you figured you'd let him know earlier as opposed to minutes before they're getting ready to head out for the match. Yeah, I thought it was strange. I understand those complications, but we don't really have those complications shown in this show. Mm -hmm. And so from like a coaching standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I think Ted at least should have had that conversation with Colin. Um, mm -hmm. But I like how it gives Isaac, though, like a little bit of chance to be like a leader where he's like asking him if he's OK. And he's like, yes, I'm a strong, capable man. And Isaac's like, yeah, you're, you're OK. You're good. You're OK. Yeah, that was nice. The Zava meditating while everyone puts their <laughs> hands in. <laughs> and there's this moment where Jamie loudly whistles at him and he doesn't respond. And then Isaac does like the sound of nature uh, whistle and Zava comes to and like Isaac's so proud and Jamie's so upset that he didn't respond to his whistle. I thought that weird bit there, like uh, that was just great. Instead yeah. of putting his hand in, what does Zava do? He wades, he wades in so that they're all <laughs> touching him. Uh, but he leads the chant. He says Richmond on three. He doesn't say Zava on three. So I he's agree. a team player. Once again, I thought that was going to go awry, but uh, yeah, uh, it went sourdough. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> that was good. Good pun. Last I'd be proud. The coaches. Yeah, thank you. The coaches all think Jamie is overreacting here. I think they call him a precious moments figure. Once again, that precious <laughs> moments figurine catches strays, but... Jamie just gives him a look like, really? The guy just stepped into our thing and we all had to touch him? Like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't really understand. I understand what they're doing. I feel like Jamie's overreacting, but these coaches are also not taking into the fact that, like, Jamie as a main player on the team could have these reservations. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I, well, I Ted, confused. when Jamie 
when Jamie came into the room, like Ted was like, Hey, thanks for bringing this up and continue to do this, like speak your mind. And, and it was very sincere about it. But I, I mean, I tend to agree with probably Jamie's philosophy. Like this guy is just weird. And why is everybody like loving every minute of him? But I think the team recognizes that this guy could help him win games. And because Jamie was that number one player and is being kind of replaced, he's taking it harder. Yeah. Speaking of taking some news hard, uh, in the coach's <laughs> office, Ted calls home and uh, ends up on the phone with therapist Jake. Mm, not wearing his official State Farm colors, I noticed, but... Polo and khakis. Well, you sound hideous. Um, <laughs> this seems unethical, uh, very much so, and I gotta be honest, this Trump impression was jarring. Yes. Like, I didn't... <laughs> You know, regardless of like political leanings, it seemed like so like of a time and like over the top for once again real world show. I, I, I and I couldn't tell whether or not the guy was doing the impression or whether or not they like pumped in sound and he was mouthing it. It was I don't know. I found it jarring. We don't have to dwell on it, but I didn't yeah. need it. I feel like there was a like this was their way of being like oh this guy's the worst like he does trump <laughs> impressions i don't i don't know it was i, I mean I, i'm with you we don't think like cash on it but he's just he's a polarizing character so like when you're going to imitate him and he does a solid in, in, imitation and it's kind of funny but it's just not needed i don't think yeah yeah we'll see how it ages when we watch this <laughs> when we do the rewatch podcast in 20 years we'll be like who is he impersonating anyways <laughs> My other tattoo I got, it says Michelle is terrible. That's um, my official stance. I'm not going to tell you where I got that tattoo, but I don't care about Shandy, uh, and Michelle is terrible. Uh, and Nate, frankly, is also terrible, but I'm still kind of working out what I want to do in terms of the shapes and lettering for that one. I'm thinking papyrus. Um, is, is your tattoo like a list, and you're just putting people's names on it? Have you ever seen Memento, Tom? Mm, so they're kind of staggered all around your body and you forget about them and find them later and then it makes you solve some kind of crime? I've never seen Memento, um, but <laughs> now that you just explained the plot to me, I probably won't. Thanks, Tom, <laughs> for spoiling everything all the time. I spoiled nothing. And if you haven't watched that movie, man, that is one of Christopher Nolan's best jams. It is crazy. No, I have seen it. I love Christopher Nolan. I love mm. times, timey-wimey stuff. No, I did it. No, 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 no. I used Tom's term. Ugh, Tom's Guess term. Timey rubbing whiny. off on Julian. Who leaves Ted Lasso for a Trump impression guy? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Answer me that. Tom, uh, welcome to the show. As our, as our guest that answers the hard questions, who leaves Ted Theodore Lasso for a dude that likes doing a Trump impression to telemarketers. Talk me through this. Why? What's happening here? I don't think there's any sort of explanation for this man. This is uh, this is out there. I don't get it. I don't get hey. it. I mean, he's handsome. He's handsome. Ugh, whatever. Ted's handsome. <laughs> uh, and then this guy's trying to win over Henry with a sunroof. I don't know if you caught this on the subtitle, but <laughs> yeah. Jake's like, hey, man, have you ever seen a sunroof before? I was like, oh, Michelle. Get rid of that gentleman right now. Unless he's giving you an incredible rate on car insurance. Get <laughs> rid of him. <sighs> Sunroofs aren't free, bro. <laughs> you know how much it is to insure a sunroof? It's crazy. Ugh, golly. That's probably the next question he asked Henry. And Henry was like, I don't like you. Ugh, and I'll never call you dad. And then he kicks him in the shin and runs upstairs and slams the door. 
And then Jake promises to take him on a camping trip, and then he doesn't show up because he's is. got insurance stuff. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, My stepdad's name was also Jake. <laughs> Doctor. This Jake. is not important. This is not important. All right. We're at game time. Uh, they look great. I think they're in orange jerseys. Maybe mm-hmm. they're in blue jerseys. Maybe they're in white jerseys. I don't know. My memory's not that good, and I'm colorblind. But <laughs> I, I, I wanted your. Ta- I wanted to talk through this. Zafa tells Jamie to get open, and he says, "I will find you." And then <laughs> I'm not going to go into what's happening to Ted. I just want to talk about the soccer of it all. Mm-hmm. Zava then just kicks a goal. Like, why did he tell Jamie that? What What was the point of that? Because Jamie has to kick it back to him. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you d- you don't just kick off and try and score off the kickoff. Because Jamie kicks it back to Zava. Zava scores the goal from midfield. Mm-hmm. I my why? thought is they're trying to give us this like glimpse, like oh maybe Zava actually because we haven't seen him on the field, right? Everything has just been you know what we've seen in the background of sure. players being all taken by him but you're like this line is like oh maybe he's actually going to pass or and he's going to set jamie up thinking like what we had in the first season of jamie being selfish and being the decoy going the other way because everybody's going to be guarding him maybe that's what zava's going to do and he's going to give jamie the opening but no it's the exact opposite the second jamie gives him the ball he crushes it and it goes straight in which was super silly i, I think this has happened in the game before where you've got goalies that are just cheating up for no odd reason uh, but it was a great introduction to this character I mean, I've done, it. I've done it in FIFA, so it has <laughs> it has and can be done. What I, what I thought was interesting is they start to have Ted, who's dealing with Jake from State Farm in the starting mm-hmm. of this game, the starting of the season. He starts to have his hand panic attacks. And then we find out that uh, panic attacks, solved by goals, Tom, solved by winning, is the, is the lesson we're going to get from this whole three seasons of Ted Lasso that winning is what fixes uh, anxiety? Is that is that what we're supposed to learn from this? Yeah, uh, it's like Tom, laughter is I, the best medicine. Winning is the best medicine for panic attacks. Yep. If Yeah, laughter is the best medicine. Winning is the vaccine that cures you <laughs> forever. Yeah, I'm with you. That is a good saying that people have been saying since the beginning of time. They were like, what's vaccines? I don't know. They'll figure it out hundreds of years from now. Just <laughs> say the saying. Just chisel it on that rock. We get a montage of a lot of soccer stuff happening. This is multiple mm-hmm. games, right? Yeah, we get like this poppy harmonica. I don't know what kind of music is. It's a lot of fun, but it's it's montage music. So they're showing them win and continually win with Zava, which kind of sets them up, I think, ultimately for their clash with West Ham, which I'm assuming think- we'll see in the next episode. Yeah, I think it's pronounced poupée harmonica music, Tom. Excuse me. (laughs) There's a lot of cuts of Richmond winning, uh, Jamie not joining the team meditation activities, uh, Ted internet stalking Jake from State Farm, uh, (laughs) Nate reading about Richmond and just scrolling Twitter, which, man, you want to lose an hour of your day, just start scrolling on any one Mm. of those social media sites. Uh, let's all make a pact to put our phones down. That's my... You know what we should do? We need to put our phones down and pick up our matchboxes. Our matchboxes, excuse me. Rebecca's Sorry, got I, loads of I was them. looking at my phone. What did you say, John? <laughs> we get a quick cut to Rebecca, who has a drawer. Not even a junk drawer, just a drawer full of matchboxes. So, must be nice to be rich. 
did she invest in candles by Jan or is she a smoker? Serenity. Why does she why does she have so many matchbooks? I it's don't odd. know that there's one matchbook in my house right now, but mm. I don't know. Different times, I guess. This show being done, I don't know, last year. Before Countries. everyone stops. It's smoking. an English thing. Oh, that's what it is. All right, that's mm-hmm. fair. The uh <laughs> Oh, man, the joke I won't tell because it's not appropriate is the last time I used a matchbook was at the office bathroom, but that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Zava steals Jamie's first goal of the season. He uh, mm-hmm. he has one rolling in, and then Zava. I love the announcers. The announcers are like, you can't deny the heart of a champion or something like that. <laughs> like Zava's just got that champion spirit, and that's why he stole that goal from Jamie. <laughs> We're also intercut with, I think I've kind of forgotten about this plot line, that Sam bought a restaurant and is opening a Nigerian restaurant, correct? Yes, which I think is kind of named after his father, Ola's. Okay, cool. yep. And then Ted's in therapy about Jake, the therapist from State Farm. And this all leads to the <laughs> crescendo of emotions where Zava scores a goal tears his shirt off and then stands on the side and with his hands raised to the heavens and he has a tattoo of him standing raising his hands to the heaven with his jersey ripped off and Jamie staring up with the most like what is going on look on his face and it's just so beautiful so, well if you so look beautiful. at Jamie's back tattoo it's that it's him looking up at Zava with that face <laughs> Oh, man, this is very, like, 1899, a tattoo inside of a tattoo inside of a tattoo. Oh, too much, my friend, too much. Did you see Did you see what number Zava was before he ripped off his jersey? No. What number is he? He was, he was number 10. Remember, we had a conversation about, like, the significance of being number 10 and that being kind of like the, the star lead guy on your team. I, of course, remember that conversation, Tom. <laughs> There's no way I would forget a conversation like that. We'll move on from that conversation to after the game, Sam invites everybody to the restaurant for his birthday party. There's going to be pizza and cake. His mom's <laughs> bringing oranges or something. I don't know. Anyways, this, the restaurant isn't opened yet, but he's going to give kind of a, hey, a, a pre-open, see how it all works. Mm-hmm. Free drinks. Free drinks. Uh, we're in the restaurant. We, you know, Sam, I mean, Sam is just a natural restauranteer. You know, you mm-hmm. can just see him. Checking on people. He's moving dishes around. Isaac tells him it's the best moi moi he's ever had. And as Isaac wants him to know that he's deadly serious, so serious <laughs> that he looks like he might murder Sam uh, if Sam doesn't accept this truth. Colin introduces Michael as his wingman here. Mm-hmm. I would. I'm confused by this a little bit because this feels like a. Like early 2000s storyline, if I'm being honest. Like this seems, this is obviously a progressive show, but we're also living in a more progressive time. I don't, and I almost feel like, don't take this the wrong way, America, I love you, but Europe is even more progressive on these things. So I'm surprised that Colin hiding his relationship with Michael is a plot line. 
you're right and i think people can live how they want to live it means nothing to me and like want people to be happy and it is a sad point that this is a storyline but i mean unfortunately this is the reality like do you think it's because no... it's professional sports do you think that's what they're getting at where it's like a because like i know in the nfl it, i mean it's probably like developed later in terms of it being accepted like it's only mm-hmm. been over the last couple of years uh, that like players have come out and been public about it. So do you think that's the commentary here that it's simply because it's, you know, professional sports? Yeah, no, I, it's a hundred percent what they're doing. I mean, there is no openly gay footballers in the premier league today, Oh, which I, I mean, is, is, you know, no way true. I mean, well, I mean, at least openly, right? Like statistically, like there's going to be gay athletes in every sport around the world, but for whatever stigma, whatever it is, like nobody is openly gay. I think it was like uh, Jack Daniels is a player for Blackpool in one of like the, the lower leagues. And he was the first UK active male professional footballer to come out publicly. And that was like a year ago, which is, again, it's, it's sad that that is the case. And it's, it's unfortunate that this is a plot line in the show because People don't feel comfortable in these situations to come out, and but I, I'm, gonna, I'm my assumption here at the end is Colin will come out to his team because we know his team will always have his back and could care less about what his sexual right. orientation is. Right. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. I guess. Okay, that makes more sense to me, um, and not to make light of something that's serious, but I'd like to backtrack very quickly. Tom, there's a player named Jack Daniels who plays for Blackpool. (laughs) This is not a comic book character or uh, alcohol magnate that uh, runs around in a cape (laughs) at night. His name is Blackpool, uh, and the only reason he has money for his uh, Blackpool car uh, is because he's part of the Jack Daniels family. That uh, That is just a great name, and all of that... Made now, me want to read the comic <laughs> about the billionaire Jack Daniel and his superhero <laughs> persona Blackpool. No, well None now, of these are real? now I feel now I feel bad because I just mispronounced his name. It's actually Jake Daniels. <laughs> I just wanted it to be Jack Daniels. His name is Jake Daniels. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna leave this in because I feel like I had it, but you didn't. And that's me. That's me. I guess. That's why you're a guest, and I'm a host. You know, I'm still trying to get to the, the big leagues. All right, you're, you're big leagues, right? I there's no leagues here, Tom. There's just host and guest. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sassy, Keely, and Rebecca are all at the restaurant. We get this moment where Rebecca is like watching Sam hosting. He's doing an incredible job. Uh, we have, oh, for my fourth uh, tattoo, don't care about the Beard and Jane storyline. <laughs> uh, I know it's always weird. You know what? I take that back. I'm going to get that tattoo review, re- removed. I actually do. I like the small doses they do this in and how weird it is. Mm-hmm. But I just hope it's not an episode. That's all. That's all I'm yeah. hoping for. 
Well, Ted even gives the lines like, y'all's baggage matches right up, don't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot of baggage there. You see Jamie kind of in a corner by himself and Roy's concern for him. And there's a number of times where they do cut to Roy, like seeing Jamie's reaction to Zava and he's mm-hmm. sympathetic, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting because old Roy and old Jamie dynamic, Roy would have just delighted and how uncomfortable Jamie was. Mm-hmm. He would have told him it was funnier than stepbrothers, but <laughs> he sits by Jamie and he's like, listen, it's a bad look for you to be, you know, sad on a day when we just won. And Jamie's like, you never smiled your whole career. You made a career out of it. <laughs> and he's like, uh, never smiling and frowning or different. I don't remember the exact <laughs> line, but that's essentially. Roy offers to train Jamie. And he tells him not to be such a prima donna. <laughs> which is Jamie comes in with his big vocab where he's like, did you say pre-Madonna? And Roy tries to explain something about, I don't know. Did you catch this part? It was so brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Roy's like trying to justify it. And, and I remember this too. Like, and I heard that term pre-Madonna. That's exactly how I thought it was. It was pre-Madonna, like the singer. And Roy's like, you know, she was the, uh, or saying that female vocalists didn't have to work as hard until she came along. And then, of course, Jamie's like right back. He's like, have you heard of Tina Turner, Stevie Nicks? Like, yeah. Just so good. So good. So good. It's prima donna. I loved mm-hmm. it. It was great. It's always great when Jamie out intelligences someone, uh, <laughs> which I'm assuming is a phrase that works. I don't know. Roy's like, listen, you could be the best player on the team, and I will train you. And Jamie's mm-hmm. like, okay. And he's like, it's going to be at 4 a.m. tomorrow. And if I was Jamie, I'd be like, oof. That does not sound great. But I love this. I love that we're going to see these two like work together, grow together. Mm-hmm. It's going to be funny. They have a great chemistry, great back and forth. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, I jumped the gun a little bit earlier, I think. But this is then where we see Rebecca watching Sam. And then she's kind of watching him and this relationship that he's developing with his chef. We see Keely watching Roy leave. And then well, I think you also see like Shandy kind of walk up to Jamie and start having a conversation. And I think we've gotten little bits that like Keely still has some sort of like not relationship, but is still kind of contemplating what her next move is, whether it is with Jamie or with Roy. So she's kind of up in the air. But this is where I say from the beginning of the episode with that song out of my head, where again, everybody's kind of like thinking about like, I don't know, but we're getting into these characters heads and, and where their mindsets are. And sure. a lot of them are confused. Sure. This is where Zava finally shows his true colors. We see the deviousness of Zava, where as he's leaving the <laughs> restaurant, Sam thanks him, and he's like, where do you source your avocados? How'd I Ooh, do? Not bad. Yeah, not okay. bad. Uh, I put a little bit of Bavarian in there, okay. so... Um, and then a slight bit of Spanish, you'll, and then a little bit of West African, which wouldn't you know it? Not a lot of avocados in West African cuisine. Zava's like, not yet. (laughs) This is so great. So great. I just felt like this is a missed opportunity for Zava to, he, instead of owning an avocado farm, he should have owned a guava farm. Okay. Like Zava's guava would be just great. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Zava's guac doesn't have the same ring. It doesn't. Um, Zava avocado. Zava avocado, though, Tom. Zavocado. Z- oh. <laughs> oh. 
Cop- don't we'll cut that out we'll copyright that maybe there's maybe there's a little bit of change in it for us some walk around money as my grandpa used to say did you see zava's shirt it's so good too it's like that classic thing i think it's i don't know what it was made famous by if it was like a wu-tang thing where they list like every member's name out and it's all like left justified but then you have like the ampersand symbol but instead of having like all these different people it's just zava and zava and zava and zava on his shirt i did not notice the shirt but that sounds brilliant <laughs> We have Sassy talking with Ted. As one does, Ted leads with talk about his ex-wife. Classic <laughs> classic move when you talk with someone that you're, I don't know, dating, might date, interested in. Bring up uh-huh. the ex as much <laughs> as possible. Um, bring up Jake from State Farm. I had forgotten that Sassy was a child psychologist, which she brings up when he's asking about therapists like dating their patients. <laughs> yeah. um, it's great <laughs> back good. and forth here. Sam is giving out some souvenirs for the restaurant's opening. And what are they, Tom? What are the souvenirs? Not only are they matchboxes, but dun, dun, dun. They're green. You keep saying matchboxes, and that shows that you have a child that loves matchbox cars. I think what we (laughs) meant were matchbooks. Excuse me. (laughs) I have a drawer full of matchboxes, not matchbooks. So that's what I think of. Now I'm confused. What is your drawer (laughs) full of? Anyways, Rebecca remembers the matchbook and realizes that her psychic is really psychic after all. And she Mm. starts buying all these crystals. uh, And she's got one of those little sand gardens on her desk that she rakes. And uh, the world opens up to her and she can see all (laughs) threads and all paths. So... That's going to happen in Doctor Strange, Rebecca, uh, the infinite universe, a Marvel TV commercial. I don't know. Anyways, Trent leaves and he sees Colin and Michael kissing. Uh, I don't know. We discussed it. I'm interested to see what they do with it. But I think yeah. I think this is kind of twofold. I think it's it's showing that that Colin's a, a gay character and, and how this is going to kind of play out with the team. And, and the hope is that, you know, he will come out to his team and, and be who he is and, and feel comfortable in front of his friends and teammates. But I also think this is part Trent Krim, too, because I think you would argue the old Trent Krim would see this and exploit it as a means to write some sort of salacious article or whatever mm. and exposing this guy. Sure. Whereas Trent is, like, is this the new Trent? Like, he's not a journalist or he's not doing that kind of journalism anymore. I, You know, will he do the right thing? And is he, has he changed as a character and is going to, you know, not report on this? Sure. See, I didn't really think of that. I was just like, oh, I know they make, like, a point of showing Trent Trim noticed. And I was like, but I, I see what you're getting at. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Once again, if this was a plot point 10 years ago or 15 years ago, like when one of the gangsters on Soprano was gay, like I I guess I understand (laughs) that. I just didn't didn't understand this. But I mean, to me, it's just it is sad. It's an unfortunate thing that a lot of these players do not feel comfortable coming out um, because of whatever societal pressure is in these big league sports. Um, It is baffling to think that there is no openly gay player in the Premier League. So I mean, again, maybe this, I looked what I love about like Ted Lasso, it puts a shine on like mental health and takes away stigmas and hopefully it does something for, for this as well. Sure. Agreed. All right. Well, we did it, Tom. I enjoyed this episode thoroughly. I know it took you seven watches to get there, but (laughs) it sounds like you enjoyed it. I loved what they did with Zava. Like he's not an outright villain. 
uh, like the players like him, which is important for a locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he does some things that are a little bit strange, but he's not first season Jamie. So I, yeah, I, I appreciated what they uh, what they did here. I'm interested to see what they do with Ted in terms of uh, Jake from State Farm and what happens uh, with that. I did like how we showed a glimpse of a panic attack, but it went away right away with the goal rather than, I don't know. I, I think my complaints about season two were so heavily weighted towards the panic attack button that I'm glad that they, I was a little bit scared when they started mm-hmm. doing this episode, but the, the way they well, did it, I very much appreciate it. Yeah, and I, and I wonder if the idea is like now, now that Ted is openly seeking help and is in therapy, he he understands different ways to deal with his panic attacks right. and have Zava um, score goals. <laughs> exactly, that's what Doctor Sherrod has been saying. Just make sure you get Zava, have him score a goal, and all will be right with the world. That would be my advice to any of my patients: is <laughs> uh, have the large footballer score a goal. Anyways, we appreciate those of you that have joined us on this journey. If you have questions, comments, things we missed, things you're upset about, um, the things you're upset about, you can just internalize those. All the other stuff, <laughs> you can reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we very much appreciate those of you that rate and review us on Apple. Um, I do read those. I get a kick out of them. Some of them are very funny. Um, some of them are like messages to us that I don't think I can reply to. So, um, (laughs) if it's more like that, email us at Gmail. But if you like the show, it is fun that we are growing. And so, uh, those reviews do help us out. Uh, Tom, what did I miss in terms of promoting us so that you can stop working (laughs) at the slaughterhouse and... (laughs) Um, I don't have to go bar to bar singing songs every night and <laughs> leaving my soul on the dance floor. Of course, you can follow us on social. We got an Instagram and Twitter. Follow us at Team Binge or Team Binge Podcast. We also have some merch through our partners at T Public. That's T-E-E-Public.com. You get some shirts and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, but again, it's it's been fun to be back in the lasso and even though this maybe not have been my favorite episode on first watch, it's still fun. It's the comedy's there, the character development is there, and I'm excited for excited for more. Wonderful. Um, and if you have time, go give to something charitable, Red Cross, a GoFundMe, someone that needs it. Uh, it's always nice to give. And speaking of giving, Tom is now <laughs> going to give us. The episode name for episode four of season three of Ted Lasso, which is called Psy Kick Some West Ham Butt. Psy Kick Some Did you did you West... see what I did there? Psy no. Kick? Psy no. Kick Some Butt. Okay. <laughs> Who's the sidekick in this situation? Are you commenting about the time I went to the sidekick, the Chuck Norris movie, and I got so scared in the opening scene I had to leave the theaters, but my brother stayed to watch it, and my mom had to take me home, and they've made fun of me for years. Is that why you brought up the word sidekick? Uh, I mean, I went, I bet said sidekick, like psychic, but I am really excited to dive into your fear of sidekick. That's a great movie. I made that. That was a joke for the podcast. I made that story up. That's not a real story. That did not happen. I did not cry in the theater. We did not have to 
uh, <laughs> go to the booth and refund my ticket, and my mom did not have to load me in the minivan and figure out what to do with me for an hour and a half <laughs> while my brother stayed in the theater. Um, oh, and I had wow. to explain why all those masked uh, ninjas scared me. <laughs> that's not something that happened. So, Dude, that's Joe Piscopo's best work. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it, Tom. I saw five minutes of it and then got scared and left the theater. So um, this is not therapy. This is a podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us. I've been Julian. <laughs> and I've been Tom. We'll see you next week, everybody.